Hi, this is Dr. Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today uh, to discuss recalibrating your life during this time of chaos and consternation is Dr. Sanjeev Chopra. Dr. Chopra is professor of medicine and former faculty dean for continuing medical education at Harvard Medical School. He currently serves as a, the Marshall Wolf Master Clinician Educator in the Department of Medicine at the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Dr. Chopra is a best-selling author and sought-after inspirational speaker throughout the U.S. His latest book, co-authored with Gina Vild, is entitled The Two Most Important Days, How to Find Your Purpose and Live a Happy and Healthy Life. Dr. Chopra, thanks for joining me today. Dr. Bowman, I'm delighted to be on the podcast. Oh, I, it really is wonderful, and it's it's great that we have a chance to to chat during this really most unusual time. Um, in many ways, uh, I and many others look to you for direction about how to uh, keep sane during this unusual time. And you you've mentioned a little bit uh, to me about recalibrating. Can you talk to me a little bit about what what you mean by recalibration? Yeah, Frank, you're very kind when you said you and others look up to me to get some guidance. So uh, this truly is an unprecedented time of chaos and consternation during this global crisis. I think the first thing I want to acknowledge is the debt of gratitude that we owe, the salutations to the heroes. And these, as you know, and we all know, are the first responders. They are the doctors, nurses, students, pharmacists, janitors, safety people working in the hospitals, but also the people who are making sure our grocery markets are open, the pharmacies are open, uh, the internet is working. They are really the true heroes. And for them, I say a prayer every morning. When I wake up, I say, I hope you'll be safe. You'll get some decent amount of rest and nutrition and be able to sleep. And to your loved ones, be able to say, I love you. For the rest of us, we have this amazing bonus time. And that's because meetings, events, travel, has come to a grinding halt. They've been canceled or they've been postponed for six months from now. And so with this extra bonus time, we have an opportunity to reflect and recalibrate. What is it we can do during this bonus time so that we are productive and we are not feeling that palpable sorrow and grief that is so powerful, we're not feeling it to the same extent. I don't think we can deny it. I don't think we can shut it down. Well, I certainly so, agree with you that, that I, I think I and many of my peers are feeling just just an, an overwhelming array of, of emotions, many of them stressful and, 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 and certainly uh, grief-ridden. So uh, I appreciate the fact that you recognize that. Yeah, I think we have to recognize it. We can't deny it. We can't bury our heads in the sand. And for each one of us, it's different. And for each one of us, somewhat of the solution is different. But I think the first thing to be aware of 
look at what's happening with our planet. So planet Earth is healing. You know, the Earth, which was burning and vibrated, is actually healing. So in New Delhi, for the first time, the residents there in decades can look up and see a blue sky, and they can see stars at night. The canals in Venice have cleaned water. Yosemite Park has never been so pristine. We do witness the wonderful blossoms, cherry blossoms in April, but I think they're even more beautiful right now in Washington, in New York, and even in Massachusetts. So we need to take a cue from planet Earth. We need to heal too. And I would respectfully suggest that we do the following things. Just a short list I've made up. And the first thing is when you wake up in the morning, don't lounge in bed, spring up. Go into the shower, sing in the shower, stretch. Come down, step that wonderful coffee, just the aroma fleeting through your nostrils will be very powerful. So that's the first thing. And, and number two, while you're doing that, you're not doing that in your coming down in to sip the coffee and start working in your pajamas. Get rid of the pajamas. Pretend you're going to work. And you can wear casual clothes, but wear your casual clothes and then start to work. Make your goals. You know, it's, it's so Go funny ahead. you say that because I've heard so many people say, you know, the, this this whole season, this whole this time period has thrown off my regular schedule. And and that suggestion is so poignant. Get up, get in the shower, pretend you're doing your normal life, maintain your schedule. We know with young children when we disrupt their schedule, it's very emotionally unsettling. And I, 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 just as you have suggested, I have found that if I don't get up and force myself into my routine, I, I, I feel worse. If I don't get dressed and, and ready for the day, I, I, I tend to be less, less happy. So I, I love that suggestion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's very practical. It has a lot of significance and it changes the whole demeanor with which we're going to work through the day. So then the next thing is, you know, um, Find some time for silence, prayer, or meditation. Sometimes I'm asked, and it could be 10 minutes, and sometimes I'm asked, what's the difference between prayer and meditation? It's very simple. In prayer, we talk to God. In meditation, God talks to us. So you can learn meditation from a trained person, but that is usually a four-day, many uh, an hour or two each day in a row. Uh, sessions, but you can go through the internet and learn some stuff. And here's something very simple we can do if you're feeling stressed. I was actually taught this years ago by my then seven-year-old younger granddaughter. And she said, you know, in school, our teacher has a master's in mindfulness, and she teaches us five things to do. Uh, But this is one of them. You know, when we are anxious, we just close our eyes or look down sit still, and we take a deep breath, breathe in, smelling the flowers, breathe out as though you're blowing a candle. And uh, grandfather, when I do it three or four times, I feel so much more relaxed. All the anxiety goes away. So it's a very simple breathing technique that we can do. 
You can learn a mantra-based meditation from a teacher and do that. But do that. And there's an ancient Indian saying, you should meditate once a day. And if you don't have time to do that, you should meditate twice a day. That's when you really need it. So let's well, I will do the tell meditation, the mindfulness. Yeah. I will tell you that I'm very fortunate, thanks to you, that I've learned to meditate. Um, but sometimes I feel like I need um, a little support or guidance to help keep my focus. So um, I want to remind the listeners there's many applications for your cell phone and your computer to use. Um, a guided app that uh, an app that provides guided meditations that's freely available is called Insight Timer. You can set the amount of time you want to meditate and the topic you want to listen to and put your headphones on and and let the story carry you away. So yes, absolutely. I think more yeah. than ever, we as a society need to embrace meditation for our own health and those we care for. So it's a great suggestion, Dr. Chopra. Yeah, wonderful. So uh, spell that, insight or inside? Insight. Insight. Wonderful. Timer. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So the fourth thing is that write down your goals. What you're going to do today. There could be six or seven things, and next to it you have to have an action plan. As Will Rogers informed us, a vision without a plan is a hallucination. That's daydreaming and hoping it will happen. No, it's not going to happen. So let's say you have seven things to do. And for one of them for me is to call Frank Domino and set up this meeting. And the second one is to wish my friend Pratima happy birthday. And the third one is something simple like that as well, set up this meeting. And the fourth one is to express gratitude to a friend who sent you a wonderful book that you've started to read. And the fifth one, is work 30 minutes on the chapter you're writing for this new book or start working on the talk you're going to present three months from now. Now, what the tendency for many of us is to do, and I've had that tendency in years bygone, is to have that list of five things and then very easily tick off one, two, three, four, the ones that are easy. And then somehow you never get to that hard task and then it's left for another day. So there's a wonderful saying, do the hard things first and the easy things take care of themselves. So don't tackle the four easy ones. Say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to feel so good when I tackle this hard one. And okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes on it. And before you know it, you've spent 52 minutes and you've made a wonderful dent. And then the other things will take care of themselves. I believe the author is Brian Tracy, and he wrote a book, and it's called Eat That Frog First, which is a way of saying it's a metaphor. Do the nasty, unpleasant thing first, and the easy things will take care of themselves. When we make our goals, let's not sell ourselves short. Let's have those goals very bold and audacious. Thoreau once said, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now go put the foundations underneath. Michelangelo once said, the greater tragedy for most of us is not that we aim too high and fall short. It's that we aim too low and reach the mark. And Henry Ford once said, whether you believe you can do a thing or believe you cannot, you're right. So let your goals be very bold and audacious. 
The next item is learn something new. Go ahead. No, no, I think I, 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 I find, again, again, building in that structure is something I'm good at, but what I'm not good at is eating that frog first. So I appreciate that, that, yeah. that, that approach to yeah. getting, getting myself on target. Yeah, it, it needs, you know, like anything, we are creatures of habit and you start to do it and you do it one day and you do it the next day and you do it for a week and you do it for two weeks. After that, you're not even looking at the easy tasks. You're looking at the hard one and saying, okay, I'm going to tackle this. This is going to be fun. You just change your attitude. You know, capacity is a state of mind. So we do that. Learn something new. We are most happy when we're learning. In our profession of medicine, it is absolutely astounding. I heard this 30 years ago from a visiting professor, a world-renowned liver pathologist, and he said, every night when I put my head to the pillow, I ask myself the question, what was one new thing I learned in liver pathology today? And he said, I've been in this profession for 48 years. Every night, I can answer that question. There's something new I learned, either new or a nuance. And in medicine, we are so fortunate to be learning. We're learning from conferences. We're learning from journals. We're learning from our patients. We're learning from our students. It's an amazing profession. So learn something new, and it doesn't have to be medicine during these trying times. It could be learn how to play bridge. It could be learn a new language. I'm actually learning Spanish. And I'm going to a site called Duolingo. I also have some Spanish-speaking friends. And now when they reach out to me by email or text, they send me something in Spanish. And I have to go look up Google Translation. <laughs> but I've, um, I'm learning Spanish. My wife, Amita, is planning to rekindle her love for Italian. She was learning it a few years ago with some friends. So learn something new. Write. And here's what I suggest. I think everyone listening has something they're passionate about, a story they would like to tell. And so be courageous. Start writing a book. Start developing a TED Talk. Even if you don't wind up giving a good TED, uh, developing a TED Talk and giving it, you will learn the principles of good public speaking. There's always a bonus. Journal. So you're saying you, we should... And even if, should, you, if you're not writing a book or a TED Talks, develop a journal and put some random thoughts there, things you've experienced, things you're grateful for. Do you really and think I, we all have with... Do you really think we all have within ourselves a book or a TED Talk? You, are, are, are we... Yeah, I, we, I really, we really do. aspire you know, that high? I, I think, you know, go go for the moon and the stars. Yeah. And um, awesome. you know, when I'm a visiting professor, I had this experience about a year and a half ago, University of Washington, Seattle, and I spent five days teaching, giving lots of rounds, conference, CPC, M&M, grand rounds, and I met about 20 faculty in the GI and hepatology division. I met the chair of medicine, and especially to the junior faculty, I said, have you written a book? And the answer usually was no. And then you know what? You have a book in you. Are you passionate about something? I just planted the seed. I come back, and in a year and a half, two of the faculty have written a book. Now, it doesn't well, mean everyone great. will do it right away, but two of, the, 
20 people I spoke to just planted the seed. And one of them, he trained at Oxford. He's originally from Cyprus. He works at the VA. And it's all about stories about his VA patients. He sent me the manuscript. I couldn't put it down. It was so engaging and absorbing. So don't sell ourselves short, you know, just do it. The next item is to reach out with friends, right? And we, we can't meet our friends physically. I think when the weather improves, maybe you can meet another couple and sit in their backyard 20 feet away and you take your own food and your coffee and your drinks and you can have a little party. But right now we can meet by Zoom. I'm having a, a virtually daily Zoom party with friends, a good cadre of friends. You know, your friends, as Robert Louis Stevenson informed us, a friend is a gift you give to yourself. Khalil Gibran said, friendship is a sweet responsibility, never an opportunity. Best-selling author James Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So choose your friends carefully. You know, there's an amazing study. I think, Frank, you and I have talked about this. It's called the Harvard Crime Study. The longest standing study on happiness. It's gone on for almost 80 years. And they recruited about 650 21-year-olds. 250 went to Harvard. The others were from poor parts of Boston, Dorchester, Roxbury. They followed them for all these years. As of last year, something like 19 were still alive at age 19. So detailed questionnaires and physical examinations, EKG, C-reactive protein, functional MRI. Then they went to their homes. They interviewed their spouses. There's a cohort of their children being followed. It's an amazing study. And what happened to this group? So some became doctors, nurses, lawyers, CEOs. Some became skidro, alcoholic, derelicts. A few died of suicide. One became our president, John F. Kennedy, was in that cohort. And the major conclusion of the study is that loneliness is toxic. That your satisfaction with relationships with friends at age 50 is a better predictor of health, happiness, and longevity three decades later at age 80. So we as doctors, you know, we're very busy when we're seeing patients in primary care. You guys get 15 minutes for a visit. But at the end of the visit, just ask them, what do you do to celebrate with friends? Plant the seed and, and point them to a wonderful TED Talk by Dr. Robert Waldinger, who's a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. And he talks about this study. So it's free. You can go, go listen to that TED Talk. Here are five things that are said. And then we have to figure out who says these. I think most people will get the correct answer. So these are the following five things. I should have spent more time with my friends. I should have been the bigger person and said I'm sorry. I should have traveled more. I should have had the courage to pursue my dreams and aspirations. I should have said I love you more often. So who are these people? These are people in hospice looking at imminent death. When asked, what are the greatest regrets in your life? These are the five things that come out. Nobody says I should have worked harder. I should have made more money. I should have lived in a bigger mansion. I should have belonged to four country clubs. 
I should have, you know, bought a new Ferrari or a Tesla every year. So the point is, let us not, any of us, have these regrets on our deathbed. Now, of all these five things, the one we can't do at the moment is travel more. But the times will come around, we'll be able to do that. Right now, you can watch public television and watch Big Steve's and travel with him vicariously to the most amazing spots on this planet. In terms of spend more time with friends, you can do it right now with Zoom parties. So let's do all these things. The next item that I think we need to do during these very trying times is to be extra kind. Whether it's a smile you give to somebody walking in your own neighborhood, keeping a good solid distance, wearing a mask, but smile, not pause. You can reach out to them and say, is there anything I can do to help you? Uh, when the mailman comes and puts the mail in your mailbox, give him a nice, give him or her a very nice smile. Let's be extra kind. You know, His Holiness the Dalai Lama once said, be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. What a simple and wonderful I, saying. He also said, I, if you I want agree. others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. In the Talmud, it says that kindness is the highest form Compassion is the highest form of wisdom. So compassion is a verb. It's not a noun. We need to do it, make it a habit, encourage our kids, grandkids to also do the same. So those are some of the things that I've been reflecting upon and sharing. There's a wonderful quote by Rumi who said, the wound is where the light enters you. Let us heal. Let us be resilient. Let us be more grounded and anchored. Let us find a way to rekindle a spiritual awakening. We need to fire up our imaginations. You know, Einstein once said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. And the last thing I'll say is live with gratitude. Even during these amazing trying times, we can think about many things we're grateful for today. You know, I'm defining gratitude as an experience of something positive gained with coupled with the realization that somebody else was responsible for that gain. I'm enormously grateful to the leadership at Primate for giving you and me this opportunity to share some reflections. You know, I'm looking out as I'm speaking and I see the beautiful sun out there, the clouds, blue sky, the trees. I'm grateful for that. Gertner once said, he said, to speak gratitude is courteous and pleasant, to enact gratitude is pleasant and noble, but to live gratitude is to touch heaven. So let us rekindle joy in our life. That brings me to the last thing I'm going to say, which is a quote by Mark Twain. 
I think many of us during this furlough, during this imposed exile, lockdown, will discover our purpose in life. What is the meaning? Why am I here? And Mark Twain once beautifully said, the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. So thank you for letting me share some reflections during these trying times. Dr. Chopra, thanks so much. Uh, I, I find your your thoughts inspirational and, and truly, like the planet, I think now is a great time for us to take this opportunity and and try to try to take better care of ourselves and maybe do some healing. So the, your your thoughts about recalibration are, are right on target. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. On the landing page, we'll have links to the TED Talk Dr. Chopra mentioned, as well as the uh, apps that were discussed during the course of today. Sanjeev, please be well and take care. Yeah, everyone take care. All the best. Keep smiling.